right, guys, and we are back. We're here talking LAFC uh, here in the second second segment of the show. Uh, it was a big week for the LAFC. And here to help me talk about LAFC, we got Andy Diosa, El Pasero. How you doing, Andy? What up, my boy Gio? How's it going, man? Good, man. Tell me, tell me about the jersey, man. Yeah, All these jerseys, man. That budget is big. Alex was bringing that budget heat, is man. big. I saw you bringing the heat with the with the pink and black Mexico. So I had to had to give a little Colombia love with the you know the blue and orange uh, twenty eighteen World Cup. Because honestly, I think after this week, I might not be wearing a Colombia jersey for a long time when we fail <laughs> to qualify for the World Cup. So you know, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, how's it looking? It's not looking so good, right? It's not looking good at all, man. We put ourselves in a bad situation, and we need to win out, and we need to hope that uh that we get some help. And I don't think we're gonna do either of the two. So it is what it is. Yeah. Look, we'll see. I, I could be in your shoes uh, after this week too. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But look, you know, this is um when it comes to World Cup qualifying, you know, it's always very exciting, very emotional. A lot of you know, a lot of different emotions. But when when you know there's a there's, there's a big game, you know, obviously like this week that I'm looking forward to. I just you know just want a great time. Obviously, we want to get the dub. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens because yeah, it's unfortunate. Look, but you you guys play in South America, you know. That, there's always there's always so much top talent there and everything like that. Where where where, where can someone get a uh, look? I'm obviously I'm not Colombian, but you have a parse, parcero hat parse. Where if, if a fellow Colombian is watching this, where where can someone cop that? The hat it came from Medellin, man. I copped it when I was out there in uh in December. So that's uh that's uh, that's something you got to find over there in in the in the hood. But um. You know, there's probably some stuff online as well. Yeah. And Aparte means, uh, well, for people that don't know, is what? Colombian, right? Colombian brother? Yeah, like homie, basically. Like, that's our word for, like, brother, homies, what we use in Medellin, um, basically in Colombia in general, but a lot. Yeah, so Andy's not walking around wearing, you know, profanity on profanity Oh, no, 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 please. Just, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a part of it, you know. Family program, family program here, man. <laughs> just, just in case anybody, you know, was kid, was kids, was not Spanish speaking, <laughs> um, you know, just, just had to make things, make things clear, you know. Uh, but yeah, man, how, how'd you enjoy the weekend, man? What'd you do? It was cool, man. I was actually at the Galaxy game. Um, what was that Saturday? So I went down mm-hmm. there. You know, my trips to Carson are are few here there, but it was it was a good time to be down there. I had some pupusa. Shout out to Avja, amazing. Um, I didn't get to go to the LAFC game because I had uh, LA Marathon festivities for, you know, all of my runners and, and all the run groups. I'm going to share now my friends and stuff like that. So we had a lot of things going on yesterday. It was a very long day. So I watched LAFC from home and then partied for the rest of the night. <laughs> hey, that's, that's that's not a bad gig, man. That's not, a, that's not a bad gig. Well, you weren't the only one partying. LAFC was partying as well, and the bank was rocking. I was there. It, it was crazy. They did go down 1-0. But then you know, coming back, coming from playing, play from behind, and have a, had a big win, three goals to one. It was amazing. Vela got one. Ryan's Hong's head had two goals. It's always amazing when when your defenders can get goals, and and not just one but two. They got him, and they got uh, Mamba Dufal, who who seemed to be consistent. I think that's a recipe for success. Whenever your defense players can get you goals like that, it, it, it has to be an amazing feeling. I know Steve Shono is loving that, and also Mahala, man. God, he is such a beast. And, and, and to me, I, how do you not put him in the starting lineup every single week, right, for what he does? And there's so much competition on this team. And and I think it's, it's, it's a good problem to have if you're for LAFC, you're Steve Sharandolo. 
Um, but but yeah, let's, let's let's talk about this game. Oh, what what were your thoughts when you, when you saw the, the big win three one over Vancouver? I think the most important thing for me was how LAFC bounced back. And I know we always try to think about last season and how things might have looked and things might have been a little different. But to see LAFC really, you know, obviously that goal is funny because it ends up being Tristan Blackman out of all people that score. Um, and it was, you know, it's one of those plays that it's kind of just the bounce of the ball that happens and it's not easy. But I think their response was really, really good. And I think that's what Rondolo said after the game. He was very impressed by, by the way LAFC responded. And I think those are the little signs of a team that you see, you know, that is growing in a lot of different ways, how they, you know, they didn't put their heads down. And, and obviously three of the four games have been here in LA. So that's to their benefit. We know LAFC at Bank of California stadium is a very tough team to play against uh, due to the elements, obviously the 32 52, but I think progressively in that game, we saw LAFC pick up a lot of energy. And I think that when you let down an early goal, sometimes it's, it's one of those things that it happens that you bounce back the right way, or sometimes you don't bounce back the right way. And, and you kind of see the team a little sloppy. And I think they really took control in the ways that they wanted to, to be able to get that equalizer. And then obviously they go on and, and score two more, but it was a, it was a very good performance from LFC. I think there's still little parts here and there that, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to get better, but you see things like set pieces where a team that really, I, I want to say in, in, in its history, hasn't really been too threatening on set pieces. You see something like that started coming together where that Holling said goal. I mean, Vela delivers it on a platter. He doesn't even have to move. And, and that's, you know, that's probably a dream for a defender like that. And he, it was such a clean header. And on top of it, you say, obviously, Mamadou, who's a threat in the air. You have Jesus Daribi Murillo, who's very tall. Like, they have these defensive players that could really contribute when you're talking about those, you know, those curls into the box, corner kicks or whatnot. But then you talk about the free kicks, and we've, we've talked about this before when the season started. You have Kellen Acosta, who has proven it on the U.S. Miss National Team scale. Obviously, Carlos Vela, we know what he could do in the free kicks. So that element coming together at the time where you start seeing, you know, little things here and there it's it's a very good sign so I think I think this win probably is the one they're going to be the most happy about throughout the the first four um because I think it was it was well-rounded in in all different aspects and like I said earlier there's going to still be some parts that you could you could pick apart but overall it's it's a solid win to go into that uh, international break yeah no I would agree just the way they fought back and and the way they were able to no, essentially put uh, put Vancouver out, outside this game because obviously LAFC is the better team on paper. But I, I do want to go back to to the goal that that set piece goal, the first goal that that, that tied the game up for them. With the pass, we can create something. Second corner kick of the match. Vela gets it airborne. Oh! Yeah, look to to your point. You know, you got defenders making you know scoring that, and he was flat footed on that. And Vela and Vela just put it right right on the money, right. And it was an easy assist. And when you when you're able to take advantage of those opportunities, that that always has to be an amazing feeling. Because I I was I did not know anything about Ryan's Hollingshead outside him being a solid defender, and I see him score two goals now. Do I expect him to do this every game? No, I don't. But I think he's also going to be an aerial threat. And now it's not just Mamoudou Fall that. Every other team is going to have to focus on. They're going to Ryan's Hollinghead, Mamadou Fa, you know, potentially whoever, you know, Murillo, whoever else is is there, because um, the defenders are, are an actual threat, you know. So everybody, their teams are going to be able to. Have, they're going to have the teams are going to have to drop back. And you got two players, like you said, Kellen Acosta and, and, and Carlos Vela, who, the, who could put the ball right on the money. And it's it's very impressive. Like four games in, I already the the feeling of this LAF team is completely different from last year. What they're doing under Steve Sharon, the low, 
Uh, I know it's, it's only a small sample size, but look, if you if you're this team and you saw this type of performance, I think four games in, you got you got to beat what what is it? Correct me if I'm wrong. What three games? One three games and tied one game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you got nine ten points. Uh, mm-hmm. the l- number one in the Western Conference. I mean. No one really saw that coming. We, we didn't know. We didn't expect that. But I think that is that is very solid. Uh, I What do you think of Carlos Vela uh, in this game? I know he, got, he had that goal. What, what were your thoughts on Carlos Vela? I thought Carlos Vela looked pretty good. I think um, the, the question there at the end is, is is he fully fit, which clearly is is a no right now. But he's probably not too far from it from what Steve Cherundolo says. Um, but it, once again, we talk about, oh, maybe he should be playing the 90 minutes. And I think just for the sake of having a player out there 90 minutes, it's when you're up that at that, you know, that stature, like, sure, we want to have Carlos Vela out there the whole game, and that's the the, the play that fans, you know, want to see. It's whatever the star. But at the end of the day, like, is making the right moves like we talked about and and putting his players in those positions. And to go back to last year, Bob Bradley maybe will play Carlos Vela in those 90 minutes, and then he maybe something gets tweaked in those last whatever minutes he came off. So, uh, obviously, he gets that that goal. It's, it's big for him. He gets the assist. And I think you're just seeing uh, a way more relaxed Carlos Vela, and I think that that's – that's what is key for LAFC because I think for I don't want to say for the first time, but I think you, you could make an argument that this is probably the most well um, a company he's been when it comes to terms of scoring, when it comes to terms of the offense flowing. And then we always look back at 2019 and how good that team was. And I mentioned it to you. It was the midfield that really did it. But the shocking part to me in this one is that we see a different midfield and the, and the team is still able to kind of keep that identity, keep that shape. And I think it starts from the back, which are on the low being so keen on the defense, but for Vela, it's could he play free? And unlike the Galaxy, could he not just be the guy that they need to score? Because, you know, the Galaxy are running into that problem where they need Chicharito to score. And if not, they're kind of looking around. As you see with LAFC, they have options. They have options, mm-hmm. many, many options. And there's still some players that you think should score and haven't even scored yet. So if those things start rolling, you're taking a lot of pressure off Carlos Vela. And, I mean, we let's not, let's not you know, discount the fact that he's he's up there for the golden boot race and, but at the end of the day, you know, those are four goals and in, in four games, uh, those numbers don't lie. That efficiency doesn't lie. So I think it's a good sign. And and we know the over, I guess the overlying, um, not problem, but I guess the overlying storyline with, with Vela is that contract and whether or not he's going to stay or go. So once again, he keeps proving himself in, in, in those type of ways. I think that uh, LAFC's decision is going to be easier to make for, for what they want to do in the future. But I think he looks good so far, man. I, the, the, the most important thing is, is seeing him on the field and, and not sidelined and uh, hurt. Yeah, no, the thing I would say about Carlos Vela, I, I think, to your point, I think it was the right decision to sub him off, and plus you wanted to get uh, Chicho, um, you wanted to get Chicho into the game, and you already had the victory. No need, no need to play him more and trying to give him up that rest. And, and you're right, you know, four goals in four games, averaging a goal, a goal game is not a bad stat to have, and he's up there in the golden boot. Raised and, and, and you're right. I feel like this team, like 2019 team, was solid. It was spectacular, but this team is well more uh, balanced in every position, from the goalkeeper, defense, midfield, uh, and up top. You know all, all the different weapons. And I, and I, I would, I mean, this may be too early to tell, but I feel like this may be in the first five, five first five years. This could be the best LAFC team we see. Um, and I don't think that's too far fetched to say because of how balanced they are. Now, I don't think they're going to break the record or whatever they did in 2019 or whatever New England did last year. The whenever they did it, I don't. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. I think just balance overall. They're just a better team overall. And for first four games, I still need to see more. But just the weapons that they have. Look, you have Mahala, who, who I was speaking about earlier. He he broke down the line who got Carlos Vela that assist and is able. 
to break down defenders and he's an incredible winger at what I think he's only 20 years old and having such an impressive impact on this team and I think that that's just so spectacular and and I and we have to see we have to see that goal uh Carlos Vela's goal and uh Mahala's assist Vela hitting the Superman stance there at the end. I, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty that was pretty cool. You don't ever see him uh, showboat like that, but I, I think that was really cool. But to my point on that, Mahala created the opportunity, and Vela's going to do what Vela's going to do. He's, he's going to put that away. And I think if you start to have a player like Mahala consistently do that, it's it's going to be really hard to take to not have Mahala in, in that starting lineup. I think for me, four games in, Mahala's a starter. Now that now the next question is, who do you leave off? Either Chicho or Brian Rodriguez, right? Because you're not taking out Vela, and and I think that's 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 a, a tough decision that you know that you know Steve Sharno gets paid for, you know whether it's Brian Rodriguez or, or Chicho. And obviously, Chicho for whatever reason, as not I know you talked about last time, maybe he's not in shape or whatever, whatever, or he still has a nursing injury. But whatever that the case, if it's Chicho, I don't think I don't think you're, you're going to be upset when Mahala is starting there uh, and creating those opportunities. It would be ideal if you could have all these guys to get healthy, right? Because then it, again, you you think it'd get even scarier with with having a hundred percent Chicho, Mahala, Brian Rodriguez, and I think there is a lineup that you could put out that essentially you could put all four of these guys in the same in the same. Um, lineup you may have to you know give give uh get rid of a midfielder in the, in the midfield but yeah I, I think it's not too far-fetched that that Mahala is definitely going to be the starter for the for these next couple of weeks I, I would say you know next couple of weeks over Chicho or potentially uh Brian Rodriguez yeah no I agree and I think I've said it before as well you, you have a player that's 20 years old and he's so hungry and it's hard to to really you know, I don't want to say discredit, but it's just hard for you to take somebody out of the lineup when he's proven to be a factor. It's one thing if he's just in there and running around and has energy. That's one thing. But he's actually contributing. That that play he took on those defenders was amazing. And that's, he made it happen out of nothing. Right. He made it happen out of nothing in tight spaces. And those are the type of plays that you see from veteran players who who kind of have a little bit of the history in the league, who know and, and are bold enough to kind of try to make those movements. And he's like, yo, like, I'm out there just trying to prove myself. And he's doing it game after game. I know for some LAFC fans, it's probably surprising to see Ticho Arango on the bench, considering, you know, how in love everybody was last year when he got here and the records that he broke. And 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 rightfully so. I mean, it was an incredible feat that he accomplished to come in and, and kind of take the league on notice. But once again, Chirundolo has said to us, he's going to play the guys that he believes that need to be in there. And you can't really, you can't really fault or can't really criticize when he puts these starting 11s out mm-hmm. and if the points are coming in, if the results are coming in, this is the best start they've had since that 2019 season. And you mentioned this could be a team that's similar in talent or even better, but it just goes to show you, like you said, it's a new coach. People did not know what to expect. And I think if you say 10 points out of the first four games uh, would have been a very high expectation for people who are optimistic on how the season would have started for LAFC. And I think that uh, Mahala has, has been a key part of that. And we talked about last week, how that was really a Bob Bradley guy, but, Chirundolo is clearly seeing some stock in him. I think a lot of people are. Apparently, I believe Max was saying on the on the broadcast that 
there's probably already some attention, uh, you know, for eyes on him to, you know, to keep an eye on him. And it's like a, a player at 20 years old who who is right now playing on the best team in the league, standings-wise, whatever the case, whatever you want to quantify it as, um, it's great because the, the the window is his. The same way that Mamadou Fall took advantage of it last year when he was the young player that people were really trying to tell and big up. And Mahala brings that energy that, like I said to you, I don't see any other LAFC player bringing that. And and you need that. You need that when you're on the road. Obviously, he scores in, in Fort Lauderdale. You need that when you're at home because you see how, how that crowd gets. Um, so he's been amazing. And, and you know me, I, I'm always going to campaign for Chicho to be on the field and and help, you know, big up my boy. But Mahala has deserved everything that he's getting. And I, I 100% agree you can't take him out of this lineup. I will say, though, I said this to you, I think, before the season started. I would love to see, like you said, try to get them all on the same field and see Vela play a little bit more of a midfield role, like an attacking midfield role. You play the I 10. think that would be fun. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and no, 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 to your point, and this is the this is the formation I think LAC could play with Chicho, Brian Rodriguez, uh Mahala, and Carlos Vela. This is this is the formation. Four in the back. We got two Kellen. I would say Kellen Acosta and Ilya Sanchez are the two. Then you have the left wing, Brian Rodriguez at the number 10, obviously Vela, the right, Mahala, and then number one would be Chicho. This is Look, this is ideally could be the lineup. I'm not, we're not going to hear, and you know, but you know, that, that's up to Sharono. But that, that is ideally if, if you want to see all of them. But look, Sharono, look, we also got to give him his props. He, he's done a great, great job in first four games. There was a lot of Christian, there's a lot of unknown, especially from us. We didn't know what to expect, right? But I, I was, I was like, I was, I was on the wait and see approach. And, and it's so far four games in. You have to applaud what Steve Shomo has done in these four first four games. The guys believe in him. They believe into into the, the system he's bringing him on. He's able to bench or, or or start Mahala. I don't know if it started over Chicho or whatever the case it is or whatever it is, but that just goes to show that look, no matter what, and Shomo has said it, the best guys are going to play, and that just raises the level of, uh, of competition and expectation. Because I, I know you know this, Chicho's. I'm pretty sure Chicho's fighting hard in that practice field to try to get on, try to try to start. Because you know he he was the guy last season when Vela was injured, uh, and I and I do feel like Chicho will 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 once again get his get his uh his, his role back in the starting lineup, but he has to fight for it, and I'm okay with that. I don't think there's no problem because I think Sharondo understands that. Look, this team can go really really far if everybody's there, understands the role, is able to fight for the position. And and respects one another, and and I really I don't have no no problem with that. Look, it's four games in, and yeah, there were some easy teams, but you could also be like, hey, this team has three points in four games. You know what I'm saying? You know, so ten ten points. Yeah, we're we're not we're we're not gonna. You, I think you got to give LAFC and Toronto their props, but at the same time, you also got to understand that even though they played, some people may say easier teams or this and that. You could play an easy team and not get a good result. See what happened to the Galaxy. You know, they 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 didn't get a result at home. Uh, there's a lot of questions being asked, but I think so far, four, four games in, I'm very impressed with, with this team and, and what what's to come after this international break. And we also got to mention, they still got a third DP spot available, which is crazy. You, you forget about how, how they have a third DP spot with the, with the way they're rolling, huh? Yeah, to the, to the uh, JT out LAFC uh, mob, Twitter mob, uh, you gotta, you gotta just take the L on this one and, and stay quiet until the offseason. <laughs> it's just incredible yeah, I don't think to you me see those nowadays. No, it's and it's incredible to me that like a player like Ryan Tyler said, who you said like it's it's just been a good defender in MLS. He comes in and is already having an impact. They got a player like Ilya Sanchez, and and we know how important it it is to get MLS uh, experience on the roster, and that's obviously something that they wanted to do. 
but they didn't just get MLS experience. They got like top tier guys to come in. And I'll keep saying that the way that, that these players have bought in the new players, when it comes to Maxine, when it comes to Ilya and Acosta, and it's, it's amazing how they quickly adapted it. And, and you could tell that that, that all has to do start with the coaching um, obviously with the, with the people that are in the locker room already and, they're they're all coming together and like you said it's early there i want to see this team lose a game i want to see them go through some adversity to see how that bounces back but to me it's 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 more so like we said the team is so talented and so um in all well-rounded in all ways that there's so many different looks and i want to see how trundle does and you know in a few different games where he could change up some personnel and give different looks because it's 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 what he has at his exposure and it's what's mm-hmm. going to help that team really try to make a run and progress but you got to give it up for him. You can't really say anything bad. I think I've said it to you as well. I, I think offline or whatever. Like, I just like the way that he is, his persona, his demeanor, Same. the way he speaks to the media. Like he's, he's very honest. He's very open. And, and I think I took a, a takeaway from like the first game of the season where he was like, this is not about me. Like he, he doesn't yep, yep. really like the credit to be on him, which is, I think what the players see and the players are like, yo, this is not, Oh, coach. And, and, you know, Bob Bradley's Bob Bradley. And it's, it's a guy of stature that he's always going to be a story because it's Bob Bradley. But I think for a team that has all these expectations right now, and like we said, coming into the season with so many unknowns they're I don't want to say they're like calm, but I feel like the approach that they're taking is the right one because they're not, it doesn't seem like they're flustered any which way. Now the big test will be what happens down in Carson. Cause we know LAFC has never won a game mm-hmm. in that stadium. And if you are able to make a bang in that game against the Galaxy, which we know those games are always wild, we never know what's going to happen, then I think that's really, like, the first sign. Not saying that these four games haven't been, but I think that's going to be, like, the first sign of, like, yo, all right, like, let's, you know, yeah. let's, keep, let's keep it on this. Because every team knows that LAFC is going to be tough to play against because of the talent. But you need to, like I said earlier, you kind of need to see them tough moments, those adverse moments where – where they get down like the Vancouver game or where they pick up an injury or they pick up a yellow card to certain players. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds, but hundred percent, once again, in agreement that he's been great, he's checked off a lot of boxes. The team has checked off a lot of boxes. And, you know, I think people are starting to feel like, yo, this team is bringing back the 2019 feeling, which is obviously a feeling that LAFC fans would love to see. Yeah. And I look, I, I'm with you. I think also like the tropical game, April 9th, um, you look, look, if they get a big win, you know, I think people are really going to look at Steve Sharono and the job he's done. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, JT, credit goes to him for bringing those players. But I think also uh, um, Steve Sharono, even though he coached in Europe, he has a good understanding of the MLS and the, and the, how the league is run. You know, he was not a um, like a, an international coach that didn't know, didn't know and understand uh, MLS. And I think that was a benefit. You know, that was that was a benefit to LAFC and to him because he understands how the league runs a TAM, GAM, all this other BS, DP. You know, it's like once you understand that BS and you're like, oh, OK, now I know how to make the movements. But you got to go through the through the learning curve. We did. I know you did. And we're still going through. And we're like, what the hell is it? You know what I'm saying? But like if you have a good understanding of MLS, then, then you're able to succeed. Now, that's just one thing. But he actually has shown that he can coach. He's actually shown that he's they're getting the they're not getting these wins by luck. They're getting the wins because he's putting out the lineup, he's putting the right players, he's he's taking off Vela when he doesn't need to play Vela anymore because I already got the dub and you know, give Chicho the minutes. And you're starting to see that. But yeah, I'm with you. I want to see more of that adversity when he when he plays uh the galaxy down in Carson, when he plays the Seattle Sounders, you know, 
um, I think they play Nashville, you know, those those tougher teams because those are the teams that are really going to test you when it comes to playoff times. And I think if you, you once you if you're able to get if you're able to get battle tested throughout the season, you know, then this team can definitely make a make a deep run. Um, but you look, if you're an LFC fan, I think you got to be very, very excited, very happy uh, of what you're seeing so far. And there's still so much room for growth, so much room for for understanding. And I do, I, you know, I think teams like uh, potentially the Galaxy when you play them and teams like the Sounders, you're going to have to be able to, you're going to have to switch up the, the formation. I don't think you can, there's no way you're going 4-3-3 consistently with the Seattle Sounders after what Brian Schmetzer has done to, to, the, to, to LFC the last four or five years or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I think that's a game you, you're going to have to switch up somewhat of your formation uh, and in-game tactics and stuff because Brian Schmetzer, to me, he, he's, he's, uh, he's the smartest coach in the league. He understands what he needs to do. Um, but yeah, that that the car, the Galaxy game, Sounders uh, again when they play the Timbers and any other team in the top that's East. Uh, I'm looking forward to that game because you know this team has all the qualities of uh, of a successful team if they continue to do the things that they're doing. Most definitely, and I think the other part to look at too is like you know it's four games, but you know the way that the schedule starts getting broken down, like they they have four games in in uh, April, and their opponents are Orlando, the Galaxy. Sporting Kansas City, who is not playing well right now, and FC Cincinnati. So you're talking about four very winnable games, no disrespect to any of those teams. And we could be talking about 10 more points, 12 more points, whatever in that range that puts them into that May stretch of the season, which is very packed and competitive. But like you said, this is this is uh, where they need to show against opponents, against teams that, hey, man, we have these different ways of of giving you looks because, you know, like you said, the Sounders have, have been a headache for LAFC. Portland, if it wasn't for that crazy goal from Chara, we could be having a whole conversation about, you know, perfect 12 points and things like that. But at the end of the day, I said it earlier and I'll, and I'll repeat it. I think because he's so focused defensively on, on what he wants to do, I think that's where it all begins. Yep. Because we know LAFC that last year that defensively they were all over the place. And, and we're saying this once again without Eddie Segura being back, assuming that he gets back and gets healthy soon and gets back in that starting lineup. You have so many players back there who you could plug in place, but I think that they're understanding exactly how to stay compact, which is something that he's he's preached since he got here of remaining compact, and th- that moves forward because of th- defensively, obviously, you have a guy like Maxime who's very solid in that. That I think finally has has let LAFC fans breathe a sigh of relief when it comes to goalies, um, and then you have the, a, a back line who where Chirundolo his he makes his money or he makes his. His bread is is he loves that defensive effort and all that. And then you have somebody like Ilya Sanchez, who we talked about, who this could this maybe wasn't his best game. And he had mm-hmm. some of these moments. But once again, you you take those little pieces and, and you work on them. But they've been able to to pass these tests and they haven't they haven't been conceding bad goals. Defensively, they've been solid. The midfield is working. You you want to see a little more from certain players like Brian Rodriguez and things like that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like those things happen, those things come along with time. And I think if you painted the ideal scenario for LAFC fans in this first month of the season, it would be this because I think everybody that you've seen on the field has contributed in some sort of way, right? You can't really pinpoint many players that you're like, yo, this person has not done much. You know, maybe a few names you'll throw around here and there, but I feel like that process that he's talking about that he needs everybody to be a, a factor and contribute to this roster. I think you're seeing that. And I think that you're going to continue seeing that whether it's a few minutes here or starting a different game, like you're going to see that these players really all need to be part of the process, which is essentially why Kim Mujan's like, yo, like 
I need to prove myself and, and try to get on this World Cup roster. So this is not for me. But I think that the players that are here in the moments mm-hmm. that they're in, I think it's ideal for, for them, for the coaching staff and for the team as a whole. So I think that's why it's working out so well. Yeah, no, I agree. And then, uh, Carlos makes a great point about, uh, uh, you know, kind of cost to play a right back. I feel like that's part of the reason that maybe Elias Sanchez did not play the, the, the as good as a game because he's used to having a Casa. Yeah. And I think that could be a factor. By no means, I'm trying to give him an excuse, but it, when you're so used to a player and he's not there and, and you're accustomed to the way he moves and the way the ball is being touched and how he controls the game in the midfield, I, I feel that was somewhat of a factor. Obviously, it costs playing a right back. <clears throat> it's not ideal. It's not what you want to see potentially moving forward, maybe at an emergency. But, yeah, they, I, I feel like they definitely need to uh, get another right back because we don't know how long Escobar is going to be out. Um, you know, yeah, I think even uh, Ryan Ryan Holling said he could play on that side, but he was playing on the left side. So, with this international break, I think it's going to help LAFC and whether they do sign someone else, uh, which I which I would expect. They they have a, a an international slot and uh, some money to play with now that Kim Mouan is is not there. They uh, the reports were for a million dollars, so they got about about what four hundred thousand uh, in an international spot. But I don't think you need to go international at right back. You can just go grab someone from that's available in the league. If there if there's available players at right back, I don't know who's available. Or make a trade for right back, so I, I think the the opportunities are there. But I'm not looking at this team being like, oh yeah, the weakest point is right back or anything like that. I don't really see necessarily. I think this team can always improve, right? But I'm not feeling like, well, their, their Achilles heels is this, you know, like for the longest time it was it was a goalkeeper and set pieces. You're not really seeing that from this uh, LAFC team under Steve Schrundelow. Um, and I and I know Katie made a point about we look bad for Portland. They did. But I think uh, if, if this was the same team last year, they would not have gotten that point. They would have lost that game. And one thing I noticed that was different from Steve Sherlock and Bob Bradley, I never saw Bob Bradley throw the throw out the whole kitchen and, and sub a defender four four. He was I think that game he had four forwards and he threw the whole kitchen to try to to try to get a point. And that just that showed me that look, he he it doesn't matter. He's willing to do anything to get to get a win. I think what, it was the second third game of the uh, second game third game of the year. Uh, they got a point. Obviously, it was the last minute, but a team so far when I'm seeing these four first four games, this is a team that is competing, competing and giving it all until the last minute of the game. Uh, Andy, before I let you go, we got to talk about um, CONCACAF, the standings. Um, what are your thoughts, Mexico-US, uh, this week? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that game, uh, expectations? Because it's a big game for all, all teams involved. Mexico-US is going to be wild. Uh, obviously, where it's being played, it's it adds to the fun at the games at Azteca. Gio will be out there running around shirtless like a maniac. I heard <laughs> shirtless. I don't. I don't know about shirtless. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to watch the whole game. <laughs> no, but it's gonna be good. Canada. I, Canada. That's their their spot is number one. Like they got that. They deserve it. Um, I, I. I think USA has to be a little concerned because of the the amount of injuries that they have coming into this camp. And we just saw Aronson get. You know, now is not part of that roster. There's so many players that are gonna have to plug in place but at the end of the day I think one thing that Berhalter has done really well in these fixtures is is know how to manage these three games um in terms of rotation in terms of what personnel to use Mexico I mean if there's a game that they want to make a statement it's obviously this one and they're gonna it's gonna be a fight I could 100 percent. I know you just said this earlier to Alex I could see this ending in a draw for sure Jesus, uh, but Jesus. I think but I think for for both teams that's not the worst because no, really it's not. Good. No, they're it's looking not. for for uh, four points, and and they're basically in. So I think both these teams, long story short, they end up both qualifying without a problem. But 
I think the fact that this game is the first one makes it so tough because let's put it in perspective, right? If USA loses, now the pressure is on for them to go win that game in Orlando. And then they have to play Costa Rica, I believe, is that third game where they always have problems with them. And then Costa Rica. Exactly, on the road. And then vice versa to Mexico. If they lose this game, then, you know, there's already been all this conversation around Tata and around this team. But if they lose this game, now they're facing pressure for those last two games. Um, and and they're looking at a situation that maybe they they qualify for the World Cup, but they're not going into into this cycle as um, confident. So it's a huge, huge game. I'm excited for it. Uh, enjoy it out there, man. It's going to be a dope time. I have plans. I'm going to be up in San Francisco. I have plans of watching it uh, with the American Outlaws, San Francisco chapter out there at a bar. So that'll be cool. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's fun. World Cup qualifying is always a good time. Uh, I hope they both qualify because I think USA Mexico yeah. being in the World Cup is is, is going to be amazing. And Canada, props to them, man. They've been they've been super super dope, and uh, they they deserve for sure to have that notoriety. And I, I'd be scared if I had to land in a group with Canada in uh, in, in in November for sure. Yeah, and no, I'll send you a photo too. I told Alex I'll send him a, a selfie when I was at, when they, when they got the dub uh, down at Azteca. Man, if you I said this earlier, but like uh, Azteca, it, it is crazy. I, I don't know if the if they're gonna open at full capacity. I heard there's maybe forty thousand. I don't know. It's very tough to get tickets, but yeah, I'll, de- I'll definitely be there. And, and it's an, an an exciting experience to be there because only happens. Well, World Cup qualifying only happens every four years. Oh, and this but one's you, unique. This is the this is the last one. I'm mean, the next is, cycle. They're they're yeah, the host. Yeah, they're the host. host. They, they, yeah, they're automatically they're automatically in. So obviously, I want them. I want them to win. But yeah, which whichever way it goes, it's gonna it could shift, right? If they get a tie, if they get a tie, I think both teams will will will, will move on because Mexico only has this is a quote unquote the tough the toughest opponent because they got U.S. then they got Honduras and El Salvador, but. Don't I've seen Mexico lose to the and you don't want to be thinking that way. Listen, you want you want you want to be think. you want to win you want to win all these games because you don't want to lose this game and then try to go to Honduras and come back for El Salvador or, or whatever the case it is because you need you need to get these points and you get a a, a positive result and a, you expect to get a win especially not just that also the U.S. has has smashed Mexico the last what what three games in a row three yeah. three big games in a row so it's like. You know, if they get a fourth one, like this is a coach. This is uh, whichever coach, let, let's say it's not a tie, whoever wins or loses, the coach is going to be tied. I know, I think you've mentioned this before. The coach will be fired on Twitter and social media for yeah, the millionth time, oh, you know, because people ain't happy bad. with Greg Berhalter. Yeah. People ain't happy with Tata Martino. Uh, and, you know, fans are always going to be vocal. But yeah, the, <laughs> the losing coach is going to be fired again on social media. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. It's going to be a hell of an end on Twitter that night. But yeah, like, like you said, I think that. The U.S. has the proof from 2018 that you can't go into any of these games feeling confident that you're going to qualify, especially a game on the road, being at your last one that you know that if you're going into that game needing points, that's a tough situation. Yeah. And I know yeah. there's been conversation about, you know, who do you start in Mexico? And I'm like, listen, man, it's U.S. and Mexico. You put the best players on the field and you make a spectacle out of it, because if there's a game to make a statement, like you said, for either coach, for either side, this is the one the stage is set. The eyes will be on it. I think it's probably the most um, anticipated qualifier of this break, if we're being honest, around the world because of the magnitude of it. And um, I know you want Mexico to win. Obviously, I want the U.S. win, but I'm just hoping for a good game. And to see your your selfie with your boy Julian, because I know you guys are home. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully hopefully he's he's able to play. I feel like he should be the starter. But, look, I don't make those decisions, but we'll see. But Andy, my man, I appreciate you for being on, man. Enjoy your time in San Francisco. And for everybody that joined us in the chat, I appreciate you guys. 
Enjoy the international international break. Enjoy the U.S. versus Mexico this week, and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.